All right, so welcome today. We are in a series, actually this is the third week of a series called Winning. And in this series, we are seeking to uh, share with you uh, God's solutions to life's problems. Because the reality is, you know, uh, we all run into problems at some point in our lives, don't we? We all, we all experience difficulties. We experience opposition. Our plans don't go as we had planned. Or something happens that surprises us, surprises us or catches us off guard. So um, we as a church want to help you know how to respond and handle these things so they don't take you out, you know? Um, so last week we talked about uh, uh, using God's promises to help get us through, to overcome the problems that we face. And today I want to talk about a different topic. I want to talk about the topic of peace because I believe God provides an amazing uh, tool for us, his peace to help sustain us in the midst of our problems. And the reality is, related to peace, people uh, will go anywhere. I mean, people have traveled hundreds or thousands of miles to find peace somewhere. People have taken all kinds of drugs to find peace somewhere. And they've done all kinds of different things to find peace. And the reality is, God is, God is the one who says, I am the dispenser of peace. I can give you peace in the midst of your problems. I don't know what problems we're facing uh, or represented in this room today, but the reality is God has some promises for us uh, that I want to talk about that I think will be very, very, very helpful. The truth is this. Many people, uh, many people never find peace. Many people never find hope that can carry them through the difficulties they face. And, and it's a sad thing. And, and this, this lack of peace can manifest itself in many different ways. It can... It could show itself as fear. It could show itself as anxiety. Uh, it could show itself as worry. It could show itself as stress. And the reality is God has a solution. It's unfortunate that many people don't find it. In fact, many in the church, I've watched uh, reactions to problems, need to learn how to find that peace and walk in that peace. So this is why uh, we're talking about it in And uh, I found this quote I want to share with you. I think it's pretty powerful. It says this, worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And so so many of us worry. We're like concerned. We're weighted down. We don't know what to do. And uh, and we just, we sort of bear the brunt of it. We think, okay, I can just muscle through this. I can get through this. I've gotten through this kind of stuff before. And uh, so, so we view it from that perspective, and the reality is it takes its toll on us. And unfortunately, some of these things never go away. Or, uh, you know, as we muscle through these things, another problem comes our way. And then we have that mindset, okay, I've got I've to deal with this one too. We can get through it. I have found that peace is such an amazing gift from God. Peace is an amazing gift from God. I, I view it as a weapon. I view it as something that God has given us to overcome those things in our lives. And so we've got to learn how to tap into this. This is what I want to talk about today. I want to share with you a scripture in John, the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking. He says this. He's speaking to his disciples. Uh, They're worried. They're concerned. He's preparing them because he's about to leave. And this is what he says. 
Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. I want to emphasize the beginning of that verse. Uh, it says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is, this is a scripture that we should go over several times in our own time, in our own life. You know, because when we're struggling, when we're worried, when we're fearful, when we're anxious, he's like, listen, I'm giving you peace and it's my peace. Now, what, what kind of peace did he have? I mean, when I look at his story, when I look at his life, he didn't seem to have a lot of worry. He didn't seem to have a lot of anxiety in his life. In fact, uh, we, we see, I'm going to look in, at Mark 4, Mark 4 in just a moment, um, but we see him, him, him uh, coming through some amazing opposition, and it's powerful. In the Old Testament, God is referred to as Jehovah Shalom, which is the God who is our peace. In the New Testament, Paul writes something like this. Uh, He writes, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. He's he's referred to as as God of peace. In Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, referred to as the coming Messiah, the Christ, as the Prince of Peace. And, And what I've discovered is the reality is most of us don't even understand the concept of peace. We don't even understand what is, I mean, you're talking about this word, I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, what really is peace? This is, this is how it could be defined. Uh, it expresses the idea of wholeness, completeness, or tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstances or pressures. So you could have craziness going on all around you, and the reality is you could be at peace. You, you could, I mean, your world could be a mess, and you could be experiencing God's peace. Now, doesn't that sound good? I mean, I looked at this, and I'm like, I want to go after this. This is something that we need to learn and understand, because this is an amazing uh, tool or gift that God has made available to us. And so, you know, when Jesus says, uh, when, when Jesus said, says things like, my peace I give to you. That means that, that you could have peace uh, in the midst of, midst of a disappointing day. You could have peace in the midst of getting bad news from somewhere. Maybe uh, you get a bad phone call from, you know, a relationship is just destroyed. It's, it's going in the wrong direction. Or maybe your boss says, you know, uh, things just aren't working out. You, you can have peace. I mean, things can work out in the midst of, of, of things that are uh, going awful in your life because you have the peace of God. This is something that's very appealing to me. So there could be, there could be trouble and conflict and challenges all around our life on the outside, but real peace is trusting God enough to, to not allow that trouble, conflict, and challenges to get to the inside. And so I want to look at Jesus, how he, how he experienced this. In the book of Mark, we see we, we see what, what happens here in his life. It's, a, it's quite a familiar story. Um, if you've read the Bible, it, it's the story of he and his disciples on a ship. And they're going to the other side. And in Mark 4, starting in verse 35, we're going to read a few verses here. It says this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. 
And there were also other boats with them. A, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. How dare he? <laughs> he, was, he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, now let's just note this for a moment. Many of his disciples, a minimum of four, at least four of his disciples, were fishermen. They were familiar with the Sea of Galilee. They were familiar with furious storms arising out of nowhere. They were familiar with handling uh, watercraft in the midst of these storms. And it seems at this point like they had given up hope. Master, don't you even care if we drown? And sometimes we can feel that way. We can feel like we're drowning in our problems, you know? And sometimes when we feel like we're drowning in our problems... It also feels like God is nowhere to be found, doesn't it? And this is where the trust, the faith, and the relationship that we have with him uh, starts to shine. It it starts to come out. It's, It's the thing that is inside of us that starts to come out to say, wait a second, but my God, you know, he's come through in the past. He's got promises for me. I've seen him, him uh, even though maybe I don't hear his voice at this moment in time, or maybe he's not answering the way that I expected him to answer. I know God is going to come through because he always does. So the, the passage goes on that he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, uh, maybe you've heard people talk about this or you've read, read this passage before. And a lot of times when people talk about it, they talk about faith and the fact that he calmed the storm. And that's not going to be my emphasis um, right now related to this passage. My emphasis is, and I just can't get over this, is this guy was sleeping in the midst of a storm. I mean, this, wind is, or this boat is being tossed Back and forth by the wind. I mean, it's got to be mayhem in there. Have you ever gone on a small, small vessel or a medium-sized vessel? When those waves start to hit it, it goes every which way. In fact, I end up throwing up over the side of a small vessel before. <laughs> I'm not good at the sea. I'm not good uh, with the waves and stuff. Anyway, um, so, so but he is asleep in the back of the boat. And the thing that gets me, the thing that gets me about this, this passage, yes, he was powerful. He said, peace be still to the storm. And we could talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. But we could talk about that because it is amazing. I mean, imagine the awe. Imagine the awe on the faces of his disciples. In fact, uh, the next verse, which I didn't share with you, says something like this. What kind of man is this? That he could speak to the wind and the waves and they obey him. I mean, they were shocked by what they saw. But Jesus is sleeping in the boat in a storm. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that kind of peace in my life. I want to experience that kind of peace. Because he said to his disciples in John, which I already shared with you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And I don't know if he had some extraordinary dose, this double, quadruple shot of of peace in his life. 
But something was going on where in the midst of the craziest scenario in his life, he was good. And when I face stuff in my life, I want to be able to react like that. I want to be able to live like... It's really a lifestyle. It's not a momentary turn-on, turn-off thing. It's a trust in God to say, God, you know what? I know you're good. You've, you've always demonstrated your goodness to me. And so Jesus, one of the main reasons he came, aside from dealing with our sin issue and the relationship, the broken relationship we had with the Father because of sin was to demonstrate what a life fully devoted to God would look like. And so I have no doubt in my mind that this demonstration of peace on a storm that's raging, that's causing, driving fear into the hearts of the most seasoned sailors, the most seasoned fishermen, that he has peace in, this was done to be a demonstration, an example to you and to I. And so this peace thing is something that we, we should be going after, asking God, well, how do I get that kind of peace in my life? Because the reality is peace is not the absence of the storm for Jesus. See, the storm was still raging. It's not the, the absence of the storm. It's, it's rest in the middle of a storm. That, that's, that's what I see in this passage, which is so powerful. He was sleeping on a cushion. And I don't know, you know, I, don't, I, I often just think probably more than I should in these areas. I was thinking about, like, how hard was he to wake up? I got one of my sons that, you know, I could call him five times. And if I get a grunt out of him after the fifth time, I'm doing well. You know, I wonder if Jesus is like, you know, or maybe he was just lying there, you know, at peace, messing with the dis- disciples because, you know, they're, they're losing it, you know, they're flipping out. They're like, it's over for us. And he's just like, ah, da, da. you know, just lying there, a little smirk on us. I don't know what it's like, but I was just thinking about this. Like, how was he, what was he thinking? What was going on? Uh, in the midst of this. So, so peace, what we're finding is peace is unrelated to circumstances. Peace is unrelated to the situations we face. So you can't say, but pastor, you know how bad I got it? I get it. It may be bad. You can still have peace in your life. You can still live a life full of peace. It's, it's the goodness of a life that's, that's not touched by what happens on the outside. It, it's, it's goodness that is not affected by what's going on outside of you. And I don't know about you, but I have wasted enough time in my life worrying, fearful, distracted, stressed out, frustrated, and angry. I, I've wasted too much of my time that way. And I realize that God has a better solution. His solution is, is peace. And, and it's unfortunate, but um, none of those things can solve the problem. Being angry, being frustrated, being stressed out or anxious, worrying. They cannot solve the problem. The problem will still remain even when we react that way. The problem will still be there uh, when we react that way. So it doesn't solve the problem. It actually hurts the problem. You know why? 
Because when we're feeling that way, we typically make bad decisions. And it not only hurts the problem, but it makes things worse with people that we love and people we relate with, people we work with, when we're stressed and anxious and, and fearful and worrying. I mean, sometimes people don't want to be around that. When we're always negative and concerned and frustrated and, and things like that. So God has this amazing solution that I feel like if we can tap into this, I feel like it could change our lives. I feel like it could change our homes. You know, I feel like uh, it could change us as people. So, uh, you know, the reality is when, when, we, when we walk in worry and frustration and we're upset, we're angry, we're stressed, it does show that there's some growth that we need to walk into, to step into, because we have not discovered this, this great gift that God has made available, this gift of peace. So I want to walk you through very quickly um, just a few thoughts related to what I do when, I, when I'm facing a problem and there's no peace in my life. You know, that's the starting point. you got a problem, but you don't feel peace, or you don't know how to, how to tap into this gift of peace. So, so our starting point is uh, we need peace in our life. We're facing a challenge. And so here's the first, first thought. These are going to be very quick, three points. Um, I, I find peace when I talk to God about the absence of peace in my life. And I'll share that with you, uh, what, what that means. I think the first thing that we need to recognize is peace isn't there, and it should be. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. So it's not, this is a gift. It's not something we've earned. It's not something we deserve. He's just like, I want you to walk in the same peace that I have. I want you to experience this, the same kind of peace. And so we have to recognize when we get to a place in our lives that we don't have peace. I think that'd be a, a good starting point. And, and you know, um, you can probably, I think this is the way I, I would, I would uh, measure it or determine it in my life. If I'm starting to get frustrated about something, if I'm starting to worry about something, if I'm talking to all kinds of people about my problems, I'm probably not at peace. You know? If everyone knows about my problem, I'm probably not at peace with trusting God with the solution. That doesn't mean you can't share what's going on in your life. That's not what I'm saying. It's okay to share what is going on in your life. But if, if, if it's encased in the idea of look at how bad it is for me, then we've probably, we're probably lacking God's peace. And we're probably lacking uh, you know, just, just that tranquility of our heart, our soul, that you know what, I, things are okay. It is well with my soul. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it through this. God is in control. I've given it to God. I've talked to God about it. And so my starting point is that I want to talk to God about the fact that something's missing that should be there. And I recognize it is missing. So um, I begin to talk about this. And I'll show you in the scriptures what, what this looks like. In Philippians chapter 4, we see this passage here. It says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation by prayer... And petition. That's the talking to God part, right? Prayer and petition. Okay, God, I'm not going to be anxious, but listen, there's something missing. There's something I need. There's something you've made available to me. 
Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now check this out. So that's the talking part. I'm going to talk to God about this lack of peace in my life. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So there's this peace. It's called the peace of God. It goes beyond what you can comprehend. And we see this in Jesus' life. Like, what? You were in a storm, and that's your response? You're, like, sleeping? That's beyond understanding to me. That's, I mean, are you kidding me? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever that you are in a challenging, a difficult, uh, 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 some opposition you're facing. We see this in Jesus time and time again. He's got enemies trying to take his life. He's got the people closest to him in his life turning their back on him, rejecting him, you know, running away from him, not even, not even uh, watching out for him. They just all dispersed. Didn't understand him. And Jesus is like, da, 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 da. <laughs> there may be a storm around me, but I'm, I'm good though. I'm good. Because I got the peace of God. So this is, this is what we see right here. Talk to God. There's a more formal way that Paul is writing it. Don't be anxious. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus, is, Jesus has got this down. He's, he's like a perfect model for us. But how about us? Do you, do you ever recognize in your life when you're facing a situation that you don't have peace? So here's the first step. Let's just begin to talk to God about it. Here's, here's another, uh, another thing that we're told by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3. It says this, verse, verses 10 and 11. For whoever would love life and see good days. Now, this is sort of a direct quote from Psalm, I think it's Psalm 36 in the Old Testament. It's sort of saying like this, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days in your life, if you want, if you want to have a good life and you want to have good days ahead, he gives some, some tips. You must keep your tongue from evil, your lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. So there's a few actions tied to turning away from the bad and turning toward God. But then look at this, the back part of this, this verse. It says this. They must seek peace and pursue it. So I start off by talking to God about the absence of peace in my life. I recognize it's missing, and I say, wait a second, you know what? I'm gonna, God, you've given this to me. You've made it available to me. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to pursue it because, you know... In life, you're, you're, you're trying to live life. You've got problems coming up. Your kids are going crazy. You've got, you've got situations in life, you know, uh, and you want to live a good life. You want to have happy days, but you're like, how could I, I live a good life? If you knew the boss that I work for, if you knew the company that I'm employed at, or my teachers, I mean, they have it out for me. I have all I could do to survive. I have my kids tell me that all the time. Um, if you knew my situation, if you knew my situation, how could I, 
How can I uh, enjoy life and have happy days? How can things be good for me in this situation? And Peter says, seek peace and pursue it. It almost sounds like he's saying the same thing twice. Seek peace and pursue it. Go after it. Go after it with all your heart because there's something there that can help you through the situation, the problem, the outside circumstance, the storm that you're facing. There's something there that God has available to you that can help you through. And we need to find it. So, so the first thing is talking to God about the absence of something that he told me is available to me. The second thing is um, I find peace when I think about the greatness of God. I start to think on the greatness of God. Let me tell you something. Problems are exaggerators. They make everything seem worse than it really is. Problems uh, blow things up and make it worse than it really is. Um, and when we, when we look at a problem, we start a typical response is we start to panic. We start to freak out. Because we just, we just don't know uh, what, what to do. And I wrote this down. I, I want to read it. I want to re- read it verbatim. It says this. We don't have peace when our problem is bigger than our God. You see, when the problem is bigger than the God we serve, the God who loves us, you, you're not going to find peace. And so putting things in perspective, reframing things so that God is who he is and he's seated on his throne and he is in control, he's in charge of your life, and he's really, really, really good. Like we're saying it, God is good, oh, 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 right? God is good. And so we begin to look at God and the goodness of God in relation to our problems, and we begin to think, you know what? There is no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. You know, with my God, you know, I I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God, there's nothing impossible. And so we begin to reframe our our thinking, our mindset to say, but God is bigger. This problem, this situation is not good. This thing that I'm facing is not good. It caught me off guard. It's surprising me, but God is bigger. And I'm going to begin my focus, I'm going to begin to turn my focus toward him. Here's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Here's where I want you to focus right here. So we fix our eyes not not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so even Paul is saying to the Corinthians, listen, you you need to fix your eyes on something that's a little bit more bigger than that problem you're facing. You need to to look at something that is is, uh, able to to quench the problem that you're dealing with in your life. Fix your gaze on something else. Because you know what? In reality, God does not have your problems. And he doesn't have my problems. And our problems don't freak God out. Our problems don't cause God to sit there wringing his hands and worry, like, what am I going to do now? This is really something I didn't plan. This is something uh, I didn't work out in my grand plan of uh, my grand scheme of things. You know, God's not sitting there worried up in heaven. 
God has a plan. So uh, if we begin to look at him and look to him and his greatness, I think we're going to be a lot better off. I was thinking this morning in Jehoshaphat, the guy, the king of Israel came to mind. And Jehoshaphat, he, uh, he and the Israelites were facing, facing this innumerable army coming against them. And they were sure to get decimated, sure to get wiped out. But Jehoshaphat said something amazing, which I think we could take away from. You know what, God? I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. The situation that I'm facing, you know, the situation that's come my way, I don't know how to deal with it. But you know what? I'm going to look to you. And so we, we reframe, we, we fix our gaze on something or someone like God who can fix the problem that we're facing. Here's another verse related to this topic. Isaiah 26.3. It says this. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. He'll keep you in perfect peace. These are not just empty words. They're not sound good, feel good words. These are like promises straight from heaven that God is committed to act upon. Perfect peace is his promise to us. So, so we, we, the first part is, what, what do we do when we face a problem? We, we could talk to God about the absence of peace in our life. The second, the second thought is this. We can find peace when we begin to fix our mind and our eyes upon the greatness of God. We, we switch the perspective and cause God to be in our minds and in our hearts bigger than the problem that we're facing. And here's the last thought. I'll share with you today. We find peace, and this may catch you off, off guard a little bit, but it's so, so, so true. We find peace when we practice serving others. You want to get your eyes off your problems? Go start to take care of people that are less fortunate than you. Go start to invest your time in people that have greater needs than you. It doesn't necessarily make the problem go away, but it'll certainly take your mind off the problem. And it'll cause you to begin to think about, you know, how good really you do have it. How good God really has been to you. And so I I see this happening time and time uh, again in my life. I face a big problem. uh, And I should think about, at this point, how how can I serve others? What can I do to be a blessing to others? We see in Acts chapter 20, Paul writes, I think it's uh, Paul that's saying, Something to this effect. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so there's, something, there's some blessing, there's some hidden blessing in giving of ourselves, giving of our time, giving of our resources, caring for someone else. There's, there's, there's this blessing that we can, we can glean uh, you know, uh, the psalmist writes something like this, you know, uh, to him who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. And we begin to fix our gaze on other people and other situations and other needs around us. And we see that God uh, just begins to take away our anxiety, and our fear, and begins to replace it with peace in our lives. It may sound like a weird proposal to you, but I would challenge you to try it. Take a step out and say, you know what? How could I serve you to someone? Maybe you know a family uh, 
you know, you have a family or know a family that's in need or maybe a coworker that's struggling, you know, they got car problems or issues in their life. They need a babysitter or something like that. Just, just serve people. You begin to realize that, that God is good and he'll, he'll bless you. He'll take care of you um, as you serve others. And so I want to give you an opportunity to serve. I'm just going to throw out some ideas. In fact, a few weeks ago, we, we gave out those cards that said something like this. This is a little extra to show you that God loves you. And in our bulletins, like right in front of you, there's a bulletin that gives all kinds of ideas of how to serve people around you. Try that and see what God does related to your personal peace. But listen, this is something he has given us, his peace. Now, I began to think about some of the people uh, in, in the Bible because it amazes me when I look at some of the people in the Bible and how they responded to situations because God wants his best for us. God, God wants his best. He wants us to encounter and experience everything that he's made available to us. It's not like he's made some things available, but he's like playing the, the, the hiding carrot, you know, like you, you reach for it and he moves it and you reach for it. No, he wants you to walk in his goodness. He wants you to experience his goodness. Now, I think about this, like Paul and Silas. They were beaten and bloodied and thrown in prison. I mean, a nasty, dirty prison, chained up. And they had enough peace that they could sit there and sing praises to God. You know? I mean, Stephen is in the midst of being stoned to death. And he found it in his heart. He found the peace in his heart that he could sit there and praise God in the midst of that. You know, Paul, he's, he's on his... He, he's nearing the end of his life. He's about to be martyred uh, for following Jesus Christ. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Those are words that, that speak to me about a person at peace with their life and where God has them at that very moment. But what, what is our story? I mean, it, it, are our troubles going to take us out? Or are our troubles going to be steps to the next place that God has for us? Because I believe when we stand upon his promises and we walk in his peace, we can get through anything. I believe that with all my heart. Would you stand to your feet? I want to just pray for you. There's one thing I do want to say as, as I close today. There's, there's really two different aspects of peace the Bible talks about. One aspect is at peace with God. There's another aspect that's more related to at peace with myself or my situation. And I want to talk to you about being at peace with God because Jesus Christ came to make us at peace with God or give us an opportunity to be at peace with God. He's the one who, who shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be at peace with God. And if, if you're here today and you've never started that relationship I would encourage you. It would be amazing if you said, you know, I want to find out more about being at peace with God because honestly, I'm not. We'll have people up here that would love to talk to you, maybe give you information, pray for you. But don't leave this place without being at peace with God. The other peace that the Bible talks about is the peace that I've been spending most of my time on during this message. And that is uh, peace in our hearts that, you know what? God is bigger than my situation. God is going to get me through and he will give me the ability to, to get through this situation 
and, be, and, and continue to win at life. Amen? Would you bow your heads as we pray together? Father, today we give you all the praise. We honor you. We declare that you're good. You're a lot gooder than we give you credit for. <laughs> you're a good, good, good God. And we just bless you for that today, God. We thank you, Lord, that you've made a way for us to not wallow in our problems. But God, that our focus, Father, as we walk in peace, our focus would be on those around us, on those that you bring into our lives, God. But Lord, in this very room today, I know that there's people that are hurting. I know that there's people that are struggling. And I ask that they, they seek and find that peace that you've promised. I ask God that they would know that peace, that it would be real in their lives. It wouldn't be theoretical. It wouldn't be some, something that they've heard about, but it would be something that they experience. And you said that it passes our understanding. Father, as I look at Jesus' life, I realize that he has the kind of peace that You've made available for all of us to walk in, God. And so let that be real this week, God. Let this be real, Father, from this day forward, God. Change our hearts. Change our homes. Change our families, God, with this peace. We love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>